Today's daf is Yivamas daf Yud Zayin. We are holding toward the end of daf Tez Zayin on days. Today's shir and every shir, I guess, probably for the next couple of weeks, is sponsored by the Shul of Nessus of North Woodmere in honor of the upcoming dinner, honoring my wife and myself, mostly my wife, hopefully. And uh, anyone who wants to find out more about that can go to bknw.org. We are going to discuss, the, the, we're, we're, today's daf is the last Amr of the first parak of Meseches Yivamos, and we begin the second parak of Meseches Yivamos. We're going to finish off the first parak with the discussion of an Ovid Chavim that's Mekadesh Bas Yisrael, a guy that's Mekadesh, a, uh, a Jewish girl, and what the halacha is, whether we have to be Choshish L'Kedushin because of the Aseris HaShvatim that may have gotten uh, lost somewhere, and we're we're also going to discuss at the very end of the parak certain places where bad yichus ended up. People are very poor yichus ended up going to certain places. And then the Mishnah at the beginning of the second parak is going to discuss the case of Eishas Achiv Shalohaya Ba'olamo, where a new brother is born after a Yibum situation had already arisen and how that new brother is not included in the uh, in the mitzvah of Yibum. On Amr Beis, the Gemara is going to quote the source or give, bring a machlokas as to what exactly is the source that Yibum is only done on Eishas Achiv Min Ha'av. That you only do Yibum when it's a paternal brother, not a maternal brother. And uh, then the Gemara is going to talk about if uh, Shomeris Yavam dies, what the halacha is in terms of marrying her mother. Is there uh, is the Zika strong enough that we consider it like a marriage, like it's a wife dying, where you then would not be allowed to marry your mother? Or do we consider it like something else? It's not a wife who died, and therefore you're allowed to marry your mother. So let us begin at the bottom of Daf Tezayin Amud Beis. We had mentioned yesterday that Rabbi Yudah Rabasi said that an Obed Chavim that's Mekadish B'zman Mekadish Abbas Yisrael B'zman we have to be Choshish for the Kiddushin because maybe he's from the Aseres HaShvatim. The Gemara had said, aye, but can't we assume a rove, that rove of the people, uh, that rove of the Obed Chavim are in fact Obedei Kochavim and are not from the Aseres HaShvatim. So the Gemara gave the answer that it's Beduchta de Kavii. We had a Machlokas Rashi he told us what that means. Rashi understood that that means that since it's a place where the Aseres HaShvatim settled, they are called Kavua, and called Kavua Kemechzal Mechzadami, so even though it's a Rov Yisrael, we would still view it as a 50-50, whereas Tosos understood differently that Kivan de Kavi means that in certain places, the Rov actually is Aseres HaShvatim, and therefore, because they, that's where those Aseres HaShvatim settled, and therefore we'd have to be Choshesh. Da, now we're, we're up to the Amr Abiyabah, second to last line, the Amr Abiyabah Barkana, Vayanchem Bachlach Uvchavor Nahar Gozen Vare Madai, and we said Chlach Zechelzon, Vchavor Zechadiav, Nahar Gozen, Zuginez Ginzak, Vare Madai, Zuchamdon Vchavro Seha, Ramila Zunir Vchavro Seha. So we identify each of these places where the Aseris Ashvatim were placed after they were exiled. Chavro man, what does it mean when we say Chavro these places and their it means the different, uh, the, the different, the, the different cities in the surrounding area. So we see that the Aser Sashvatim ended up in certain places. So those certain places where it's identified by the pasuk that the Aser Sashvatim landed. Those are the places where if an Ovid Chavim comes from there and is Mekadish Shabbat Yisrael, that's where we have to be Choshesh L'Kiddushin. Am Rabbi Yochanan V'Kul L'Psul. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, when we say that, uh, that, we said yesterday that whenever we're worried about uh, a... a uh, 
a a a a, a Yisrael who's uh, boel a a an ovedus kochavim or a, or an ovid kochavim that's boel about Yisrael rather that it's going to create a set, a, a mamzer. So Rabbi Yochanan says no, that's not how it works. The cool of soul. If you look at Rashi, Ruben mamzerim shenitmuras ba'aseres hashvatim ba'ovedus kochavim b'neiin harein ki Yisraelim v'noig ben Yisrael mamzerus that they have a status of a of a Jew and we're noig Yisrael mamzerus v'hein lo nizru v'nasu they're mamzerim because they weren't careful about who they married subsequently. That they still had the status of Jews, but it's a different issue. It's just that they weren't uh, they, they weren't careful about uh, if they, they, who they would marry. They'd marry uh, sisters and they'd marry relatives that would create a problem of uh, of mamzerim. So whereas Rabbi Asi had said that we're for a kiddushin of an ovid chavnitz because maybe he's from the aseres hashvatim. Rabbi Yochanan says. Yeah, maybe his mother's from the Asaras Hashvatim, and there were sisters and brothers marrying each other, and therefore there's an issue of Mamzerus, so it's a bigger issue. Says the Gemara further, Ki Amrisa Kameh Shmuel, when they said this in front of Shmuel, meaning uh, now now when, when the Gemara talks about Ki Amrisa Kameh Shmuel, we're going back to uh, we're going back to what we to what we were talking about before. Um, meaning, uh, we, we, we said before Rabbi Asi had said before that Rabbi Chavos Mekadish Basisol Bismanazeh there were Choshesh Lukidushin. So Rabbi Yudah said that after Ravasi died, they went and they told Shmuel about this. That Ravasi had said that we're Choshesh for the Kiddushin of a guy. So they went and they said this to Shmuel. Amar Shmuel said, Bincha Abamini Yisrael is Kari Bincha. Vein Bincha Abamini Ovid Chavim Kari Bincha Elabina. Shmuel laid down the halacha the way we know it, the way we have it, that we determine one's Judaism based on the mother, not based on the father. When one has a grandchild that comes from a Jewish daughter, from a Jewish daughter, daughter-in-law, meaning one son who marries, sleeps with a Jewish woman and has a child, that's Kari Bincha. That can create a sense of yichus in his family, and that could, that's a grandchild, that's his grandchild. But Ein Bincha, Chavim Kari Bincha. But one's Ben that comes from Novedus Kolchavim is not called Bincha, it's called Benad. It's going to be Miyaches after the mother because the, uh, and, and therefore the non-Jewish, the, the child of the non-Jewish woman will be a non-Jewish child. So Frank the Gemara Vahika Banos Vam Ravina Shmamina Ben Bincha Babina Ovid Chavim Kare Bincha. So Frak the Gemara, but there are the there are the Banos. Even if you say that you're not going to be Choshesh, that Aviv me Israel. Uh, how can Shmuel not be Choshesh for these Kiddushin at all? There are the daughters of the Aseris Hashvatim. So granted, you want to tell me, ah, don't worry, the Bnei Aseris Hashvatim are not a problem because the Bnei Aseris Hashvatim, uh, they, they, they sleep with non-Jewish women, so the, the, the children are all non-Jewish. So you don't have to worry about Judaism over here. You don't have to worry about anyone being Jewish and being Choshesh for anyone's Kiddushin. But weren't there also daughters of the Bnei Aseris Hashvatim? Weren't there also women in, amongst the Aseris Hashvatim that also got mixed in? And and uh, therefore, don't you have to worry about the Judaism on that level? And says the There was some sort of tradition that the daughters of that generation were They were akaros. They had some sort of uh, physical ailment that caused them to be unable to have children. And therefore, we have we do not have to be choshesh at all that 
their offspring are going are going around being mekadesh penos Yisrael uh, because they don't have any offspring, and therefore we don't have to be choshish for kiddushin at all, even when people come from the areas of the bnei aseres hashvatim and they are mekadesh penos uh, Yisrael. Ikeda uh, Amri, others say that the, ver- the way the conversation happened was as follows: Kamrisa kamed Shmuel Amalei lo zazmisham at shasim of the chavim gemurim that they didn't move from there until they determined, until they declared adin derabanan that we're going to treat all the bnei aseres hashvatim like ovdei kachavim gemurim, meaning if any any member of the bnei aseres hashvatim comes and is mekadesh abas Yisrael, we're going to be mafkia the kiddushin. We're going to say that the kiddushin doesn't exist. We treat them like goyim. Shenemar ba'ashem ba'gadu ki banim zarim yuladu that uh, they rebelled against Hashem and therefore we treat them all like uh, like ayim and we don't have to worry about their kiddushin at all. Now it's interesting the Gemara Masech's kiddushin has a maskana that's a little different than our sugya as to why it is that uh, that the the child of a non-Jewish woman is born from a Jewish father is considered a non-Jew. The Gemara says we derive it from the fact that the pasuk says ki noshim It says if a man tihiena noshim that he has tihiena two wives and then viyoldulo. So the Gemara darshins that you see only when there's the, the bottom are only yoldulo are only his when it's a, when it's from a woman that he has havaya that it's tihiena where you could have a sense of Kiddushin with, but a Nachris where there is no Kiddushin, uh, then the Banim are not going to be Misyachis after him. The children are not going to be his children. They're going to be her children. Only a woman that he has Havaya, that he has Kiddushin, that's where we say that the children are going to be Miuchas La'av. But a Ben Me'isha She'in Lo Havaya, where he doesn't have any sense of Kiddushin, like an Ovedus Chavim, the Ben is not going to be Misyachis. That's how the Gemara in Kiddushin derives this halacha that we follow the mother, and if the mother is a non-Jew, then the child is a non-Jew as well. Now the Gemara Masech Sanhedrin Davchav Aleph tells us that Tamar, David's daughter, Tamar, was 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 actually muteres to Amnon ben David. It's a strange story. Amnon uh, takes advantage of his sister, and when he tries to do it, she says to him, why are you doing this? All you have to do is ask dad, and he'll have no problem with it, and he'll allow it. And all the Mepharshim say, why would he have no problem with it? They're brother and sister. Of course he won't allow it. So some say, yeah, she was just trying to get him away from her, so she was trying to, you know, get him to ask dad, and then dad would uh, give it to him over the head and would lock him up and would keep him away from her, and she was trying to buy time. But uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the Gemara says that Tamar Bas David was actually Muteris to Amnon Ben David, because she was Bas Ma'acha, who is an Eishas Yifas Tawar. She was one of the Nashim Yifas Tawar that David HaMelech found in all of his Melchamos. So Tamar does didn't, wasn't really related to David halachically, so therefore, therefore she wasn't really Amnon's uh, sister halachically. So Tosis asked the Kasha that it sounds from uh, from Rashi and Kiddushin that it's usher to be bold in Eishes Yifas Tovar before she's Megayer. Even the Biyarishona Yifas Tovar you're not allowed to be bold until after she's Megayer. So Frak Tosos. So when did when was David Bowel Maacha Tamar's mother? That was only Laacher Shin the That was only after the Geras. If that's the case. Then 
Tamar is bitol l'chol davar. She's absolutely David's daughter. How could the Gemara say that Tamar was really mutaras for Amnon because they weren't really related because she was a vasifas tower? Fractosos. Of course they were related. She, the the, the bia must have happened according to Rashi. The bia must have happened after the gerus. So the Ritva suggests, yeah, but it's a gerus pal karcha. The whole gerus is not something she agrees to, and therefore the gerus is not really a valid gerus. It's just a gerus to be matir bia, but it's not a gerus that really makes her a Jew, and therefore the child is still going to be a guy, a very great finish in validating the entire gerus of Yifas Tawar, unless her heart is into it, unless she really she really wants it. So to explain Rashi, the Abne Miluim writes that even though that she has the din of a Gaya until she's miskayeres b'leiv shalem, but uh, but it's exeres akasav that yesh kuchin that the Torah says that still it's going to have uh, it's it's yesh havaya that there is a sense of kiddushin with the yifas tower. So it turns out that this the din of of of, of a daughter of yifas tower is talin machlokas hasugyos. According to our sugya, uh, the the daughter of a nachris. It all depends on whether she's a the mother of this child is a Jew or a non-Jew. So says Yavnim Lum, it would turn out that the mother is a non-Jew because the gerus is not a gerus. The mother would not, would be a non-Jew, and therefore Tamar would be a non-Jew, and therefore Tamar would be permissible, permitted to, until, until until she's Megayer. She would be permitted to Amnon even after she's Megayer because she's not related to Amnon because she was in, included in Kiyasir, where where uh, Ben Mina Ovid Kochavim is not considered Bincha. But according to the Sugi and Kiddushin, that it's all Tali and Havaya, well, even though she's a non-Jew, this is a special Gzeres HaKasl, a special Chiddush Akra, that even though she's a non-Jew, Yesh Havaya, you can have Kiddushin with her, even though she's a non-Jew. So if that's the case, then Tamar actually is related, because then she uh, she she is the she is considered a uh, a Yisraelis, and she is considered the daughter of David, and she is considered the sister of Amnon. So that issue of whether she actually would have that the Mefarshim argue about what did she mean when she said, "Don't worry, ask Dad; he would just he'll be matirit anyway." And the Mefarshim argue, was she serious or was she kidding that uh, that she would actually be mutter? Is actually machlokas asugios? Says the Avnei Melumet. Machlokas between uh, between these two gemaras. Okay, further in the gemara now. Yosef Rav Yosef Acharid Rav Kana. Yosef Rav Kana Kamed Rav Yehuda. So Yosef was sitting behind Rav Kana. Rav Kana in front of Rav Yehuda. Yosef Kamer. Hasidin Yisrael Davdi Yomatova Kicharvi Tarmon. That the Jewish people one day are going to make a celebration. They're going to make a big Yom Tov when the town of Tarmud is destroyed, because that's where all the bad yichus comes from. And that's where all the mamzerim are. It causes us all sorts of problems. So frankly, but it already was destroyed. So you owe us a party. We should have had a Yom Tov somewhere along the line. And Tamud No, that was Tamud that was destroyed. Tarmud is still around, so we still await our party. Ravashi Amar Hainu Tarmud Hainu Tamud Ichpule Hudemichpal that Charv Mehaigisa Osu Mehaigisa Vichar. Tamar and Tamar are the same place and you're right, it was destroyed in certain areas but it just creeps up wherever you destroy one side, the other side just flourishes and then when you destroy that side the other side flourishes, so it always ends up that it survives, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't want to die So Rav Hamnuna was sitting in front of Ula and they were discussing, they were talking and learning and uh, Rav Hamnuna was very impressed, Ula kept on answering all of his questions, so so Ula said about Rav Hamnuna, Amar Magavro Magavro Ilav Darpanya Masay. Says what a great person this this Rav Hamnuna is. How amazing it would be if not for the fact that he comes from uh, Harpanya, where people have no yichus. 
he would have been even greater because uh, he comes from a terrible place where people have no yichos. Ichsif, so that caused Rav Amnuna some embarrassment that you're telling me I come from a place with no yichos. What are you saying about my family? So he had to save himself. So Ula said to Rav Amnuna, he didn't want to embarrass him. He said, well, where do you pay your taxes to? I pay taxes to Fumnara. So don't worry, you're not from Arpanya, you're not from the place of bad yichos. If, you pay, if that's where your tax return is filled out, then that's where you belong. So they, you're a person from Pumnahara, and Pumnahara has fine yichus, and therefore don't worry about it. Very uh, difficult conversation to understand. Why would his, where he pays taxes have anything to do with his yichus? Meaning, if he, if he originates, it's where you originate from, it's not where you belong belong to right now, unless he was saying that uh, that he, he didn't have the ability to meet his full potential because he's amongst people, he lives amongst people of bad yichus, but he wasn't chas v'shalom, questioning Rav Amnuna's own personal yichus, he was just saying that you live in a town of so much bad yichus and, and who, you, who do you marry your children off to and what kind of people do you live amongst oh ok you pay your taxes to Pumnahara so then you're really a resident of Pumnahara we do find that where you pay your taxes determines residency in the second part of Basra where the Gemara discusses uh, uh, the, what we call Asagas Kavul that if a person wants to come from an outside community and uh, open up a store in, uh, in a community where there already exists a store from local that, that are owned by locals, so are you allowed to, to do that? So one of the one of the things the Gemara says, if you're willing to pay taxes on the property, so then uh, you're you're a ben ear, then you belong there, then you're as much a resident as anybody else is if you if you pay taxes. So you see that paying taxes does uh, qualify a person as a uh, as a resident, and vice versa. One once a person is defined as a resident, that's when we start levying the taxes. The Gemara says that he has to live when when a person just passes through town as a visitor, so we don't charge him shul membership and taxes and things like that, you know, whatever taxes the community used to have, but uh, but once he's living there for X number of time, for a certain amount of time, so he becomes a resident, and immediately becomes chayiv in the taxes. Anyway, my harpanya, what is harpanya? Amr Abzera, why, meaning, why is it called harpanya? What's the etymology of the word? Amr Abzera harsha kol ponambo. It's the mountain that all the uh, all the nobodies turn to, the people who have bad yichus, they all go there because they have nowhere else to go. It means anyone who doesn't know his own mishpacha, doesn't know his own shevet, has no no understand, no, no, no uh, strong yichus, would always end up there. And it's it's deeper than sha'ol. Because from sha'ol, from the depths, you could uh, you could be nifta. A person could be redeemed. A person can 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 get out of it. But from harpanya, the psulim of harpanya, there is no takana. It's worse than. Uh, it's worse than Sha'ol. It's worse than the lowest, the lowest places. Psuli darpanya mishum psule demishun. The psuli darpanya came about because of the psulim of mishon that they ended up in arpanya. Psuli demishon mishum psuli detarmud, and the psuli demishon because of the psuli detarmud. Psuli detarmud mishum avde shlomo, and the psulim of tarmud went back, dated back to the avde shlomo who married all these Jewish girls and caused all the yichus problems to begin with. Vainu damri inchi, and that's what people say. Cover rabba, the cover zuto. All the yichus problems that you have, the big ones, the small ones, migander va'azul l'shaol u'mishol l'tarmul u'mitarmul l'mishon u'mishon l'arpanya. They traveled. These yichus problems moved from community to community. They went to, to shaol and then to tarmul and then to mishon and then to arpanya. Tosus points out that we do find mishon is mentioned elsewhere in Shas. The Gemara says in the second part of Kedushin that asara kavin azus yarduli olam that there are ten measures of azus of chutzpah that came down into the world and tisha. Not the 
Rishon. Rishon got ten. They got nine of these. Uh, the ten measures got ninety percent of the world supply of Azus. Tosla says that's probably uh, very much related to what we're saying over here at the end of the first parak of Yevamos. It's where all the Yichus problems was. Where the Mamzerim are. We assume that Mamzerim have a certain chutzpah. That Mamzerim is built into their DNA that they have a certain level of Azus. So that's why the ninety percent of Azus ended up in Mishan because it was a place of many Mamzerim. Fractosos, but shouldn't it have then left and gone to Tarmud and all these other locations? Why do we assume that? It stayed in Mishon. Tos says, "B'tarmud uh, it was rov of the kachavim. B'mishon was rov Yisrael. So the mamzerim uh, made a much greater impact in Mishon than they ever did in Tarmud because they were the majority in uh, Mishon. Tarmud was apparently a much larger community, had a lot of non-Jews. They weren't the majority. They more get, they got more mixed in amongst uh, the rest of the rest of the population." Tos also points out that Shaol is a reference to Bavel, uh, that everyone originally the Kesherim and the Pesulim went to Bavel, and then from Bavel all the Psulim went to Tarmud. So when Sha'ol gets, gets mentioned as one of the places where the Psulim were there, even though elsewhere in Shas we say all sorts of wonderful things about Bavel, and that's where Torah was developed, and that's where Talmud Babli came from, that's because everyone went to Bavel. The Ksherim, the Psulim, everybody ended up in Bavel. But then the Psulim moved on from Bavel to Tarmud and to all these other locations. Okay, That is the end of the first part of Masech Sivam. So let's begin the second part. One of the 15 arayos that we mentioned, one of the cases that we mentioned at the beginning of the Masechta, we said that, uh, that, that uh, a, a, the wife of the deceased brother is, uh, is, is, is not nofelis liyibum if, if the brother, to a brother who was born after the first brother died, meaning after the husband died, a new brother was born to him, so then there's no, uh, there, there's, there's no yibum issue, and she patris tzaroseha as well. So uh, she's just a regular Eishe Sachiv, who's Chayiv Kares, if he sleeps with her, and, but, but it's Shalom Makam Mitzvah, there's no issue of Yibam, and therefore she's one of the Arayas, that's going to patter Tzarosah of Tzarosah The mission just spells out, how does that case happen? What does that mean? What exactly is the case of Eishe Sachiv Shloi Ba'olamo? Shneiach, and we have two brothers, Umeisach and Mehen, Venolven Ach. So you have Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Reuven is married, he dies. And then after Reuven dies, Levi is born. A third brother is born. And after Levi is born, Shimon does Yibum on Reuven's wife. And then Shimon dies. And Shimon had now Reuven's wife, plus he had his own wife. So Reuven's wife is part of her many Yibum because she was Eshazachiv Shalai Ba'olamo. And she remains that way as Eshazachiv Shalai Ba'olamo still usher to Levi because, she's, she was the, because she was the wife of Reuven. And Shimon's own wife is, is, doesn't, doesn't require Yibum or Chalitza because she's a Tzara of this erva of Eshazachiv. But what if Shimon had never done Yibum? Shimon had only done Ma'amir. He had done some sort of Kiddushin Midrabanon to show his intent to marry Ruvain's wife. But he never actually married Ruvain's wife. Then Shnia, then Shimon's real wife, Chaletzas Lomas Yivemes, is going to require Chalitza and not Yibum. You can't uh, pater because of a Tzara Serva, since she's not a Tzara Mamish. She was never actually a Tzara to, uh, to Ruvain's wife because Shimon never actually actually married Ruvain's wife, 
and therefore we must say she does a chalitza, but she doesn't do she she participates in chalitza, but does not uh, cannot do yibum. Amr of Nachman, Mandatani Rishon Alamishtabish, Mandatani Shni Alamishtabish. There are two versions of this Mishnah. Who do we refer to as the first wife and who do we refer to as the second wife? When Ruvain's wife dies and Shimon marries Ruvain's wife, is Ruvain's wife that Shimon is now married to called the first wife? Or is Shimon's old wife, Shimon's wife that he always had, considered the first wife? Two versions of the Mishnah, who's called what? Now in our version of the Mishnah, Reuven's wife is called the first wife. The Shnia would be Shimon's wife that he, that he always had. But says the Gemara, whichever way you learn it, it, it's not a mistake, because you could explain why you would label either one to be the first wife. Mandatani Rishona Lomishtabesh, the one who labels Ruvain's wife as the Rishona, like we have it, is not a mistake, because my Rishona, Rishona Linafila. Rishona means she was the first one to ever fall into a Yibam situation. She was married to Ruvain, Ruvain died, so she had to face Yibam well before Shimon's wife ever fell into a Yibam situation. That only happened later, after Shimon married her and married Ruvain's wife, and then Shimon died. So that, that's why she would be called the Rishona. Umandatani the one who labels Ruvain's original wife as the second woman is also not mistaken because my Shnia, Shnia Lenisuin. Shnia means that uh, she's the second one to get married to Shimon, meaning Shimon had a wife all along. Then Ruvain died and now Shimon has to marry Ruvain's wife. So to Shimon, Ruvain's wife is his second wife. That's why you'd call her the Shnia. Frakta Gemara, is that necessarily true? That she's Shimon's second wife? What if Ruvain dies and Shimon is still single? And Shimon does Yibum? And then Shimon marries another woman? And then Shimon dies. Wouldn't it still be the same halacha? Do you know necessarily that Ruvain's wife is Shimon's second wife? Maybe Ruvain's wife is Shimon's first wife, and then later he marries another woman. Milo Askino Couldn't we possibly be talking about a case where Shimon did Yibam and Ruvain's wife first, and then he married another woman? So how do you say necessarily that Ruvain's wife is the second wife of Shimon? That's not true. No, you know why we would call Ruvain's wife the second wife? Shnia, not Lini Suin. But Binisuin, it's her second marriage. So that's why she's called the Shnia. Meaning when Shimon dies, and we now we now have these two women, the one who was originally married to Ruvain and the one who was only married to Shimon all along. We call the one who was married to Shimon all along the Rishona to say that she that this is the one who's who 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 only had one marriage, the one who's only who's only who's only coming by virtue of her first marriage. We call Ruvain's wife the Shnia because she's the one that's facing this situation by virtue of a second marriage. That's why we call her the Shnia. Now that we mention this case of Eishah Zachav Shloye Ba'olamo, where does it say, what's the source that, that, that that's true, that an Eishah Zachav Shloye Ba'olamo does not have to do Yibum, that there's no mitzvah of Yibum if Levi is born after Reuven dies. Fret tells us, why do you need a source at all? Tosos over here says, don't we have a concept, that Allah is, let's say, uh, uh, Reuven had a child, so uh, the Allah is that even if that child dies, after Reuven dies, still 
Ruvain's wife is part from Yibam Chalitza. Why? Because what are you going to do? You're going to keep the woman locked up to see what happens to the child, what happens to Ruvain's child for his whole life. And if he dies and she got remarried uh, since then, then it turns out all of her children are Mamzer and whatever, all of them, or at least have bad Yichos that it was Yivam Lashuk. How, how could you do that? It's, it, would be, it, would be, it would be unlivable. So shouldn't you have the same issue over here? That you don't need to tell me that you don't do Yibam in that situation because otherwise you have to sit there and wait for the mother-in-law and see if she's going to have any more children and you have to know that she's a, you have to wait for her to die to make sure that she's not going to have any more children that would be a terrible violation of so Tosus writes at the end of it's not always not what if when Ruvain died Ruvain's mother was pregnant with Levi so then it wouldn't be so terrible to wait so wait for the child and the child would, would have to do Levi will have to do Yibum on Ruvain's wife so uh, why is that not Darchinoam? That would be perfectly fine in terms of Darchinoam. But still the Allah is. No, Levi wasn't born yet when Ruvain died. There's no Allah of Yibum. So what's the source of that? That's what the Gemara is asking. What's the source for that? That's how Tosus approaches it. The uh, other Rishonim have different, uh, different approaches in terms, of, uh, in terms of why it is that we don't assume that this is a violation of Drecha Darchinoam. Some suggest that we're talking about where there are other, other brothers aside from the one that was Lohayabalamo. So since anyway she's a Surah Lashuk because of the other brothers, so she has to wait till the one of them does Yibum or Khalitsa. So it would be Darkinoam to be to 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 make her zakuk to the brother that's born, La Akramisa Sabal as well, provided that he's born before anyone else has done Yibum Khalitsa anyway, where she couldn't move on from her from her first marriage anyhow. That's how some of the other Rishon suggest those who have and those Rush. And the Ramban and the Ritva say that no, the Darkinoam is only Mimait someone who has banim where you're matir l'shuk because otherwise she'll be she'll always be asr because that ben may always die but someone whose husband died without any brothers uh, the, 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 with, we, we, uh, without any special possible we would asr her as long as her mother-in-law is alive and only after the misa the mother-in-law she's a generation up so that misa should happen sooner rather than waiting for the child's generation to die that would be much more cruel but a little less cruel with the mother-in-law's generation uh, that's how the uh, the Ramban, the Ramban answers. But anyway, so the Gemara wants to know, where is the source for this idea that Eishazach V'shalei Balamo is not subject to Yibu? Amr Vidom Rav, Amr Krav, Pasuk says, Ki Yeshu Achim Yachtav. Pasuk says that when you have brothers that, uh, that, that live together, means that they're together in this world at the same time. That the, well, only when two brothers walk the face of this earth at the same, at the same point in history, only then are they really brothers that are going to be subject to Yibum. Which excludes a case of where there was never a sense of Yachtav. They were never together in this world at the, uh, at the, at the same time. And therefore there's no... Uh, 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 there's no, there's no, uh, there's no requirement for yibum. Yachtav says the Gemara, but the Gemara now just quotes Yachtav is also a source for another very important concept. The Gemara is going to have two deos of how we know that you only do uh, yibum on Ashes Achiv Min Ha'av on a paternal brother, not a maternal brother. So one of those is from the pasuk of Yachtav, one of those possible sources. Yachtav Miuchadim Benachla. 
Prat Lachem Menaim. Yachtov teaches us that it has to be someone who's miyuchad benachla, someone who you uh, share a, an inheritance with, and that's only a brother that you have from the father's side, a brother from the mother's side you don't share an inheritance with, and that's why there's no yibum on a brother with a brother from the mother's side, only a brother from the father from the father's side. There is some discussion in the postkim how far we take that idea that inheritance determines yibum. There's major discussion in all the postkim throughout the generations. One of the major problems they always had with yibum is if a guy dies without any children and he has a brother, but the brother is a mumar, the brother has converted to uh, another religion and he lives off somewhere, he's a communist, a Christian or whatever, and uh, he's, he's not interested in participating in chalitza or yibum. Do we assume that, that if the brother is a mumar, it requires chalitza or yibum? So there was a shita in the Gaonim, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Avni Miluim writes in the name of the Mordechai, in the name of Rabbi Yehudai Gaon and other Gaonim, that a Yavam Mumar is not Zokek, the Eshazachiv to Yibum, that there is no requirement to do Yibum on Yavam Mumar. She's Patr even without Chalitza. And the Mordechai explains that the reason is because of Mumar Lahachis, you're even allowed to be Malvah Beribis to Mumar Lahachis because he's not a Chicha, he's not considered a Chicha who, and the, by, by Ribis, Neshach, it also says Achicha, that you're not allowed to charge ribbis to Achicha, but he's not Achicha, and therefore he's, you're allowed to charge him ribbis. So the same over here, he's not called your brother, and therefore there's not going to be any Yibum. So the Avni Milum says that this din, that Yavim is not Bechwal, Achva, Legabe, ribbis has nothing to do with Achva, with relation to mitzvos. How can you make such a Tzustel? How can you make a comparison between Achva when it comes to a mitzvah of Yibum versus how you deal with him in Dine Mamanis when it comes to, uh, when it comes to ribbis? He says uh, it's very difficult to answer the Beis Yosef writes that uh, that 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 uh, these uh, that that in the, in the Gaonim that, that are quoted over here uh, it's uh, very difficult to understand. Misha Allah al Daito Heter Zeh. Whoever would have thought of such a Heter? And he says on Rav Yudayigon the fact that they quote this from Rav Yudayigon says Beis Yosef amazingly he says it doesn't bother me so much because Rav Yudayigon didn't write any of his own stuff. It was all his Talmidim that were writing things. But how could he have such terrible Talmidim? Says the Beis Yosef. That would think such a ridiculous thing that is that because the brother's a mumar, so he's not called a chicha, and therefore there's not going to be any any requirement of yibum and uh, and, and and the bali eater that quotes this without uh, without without any comment and without saying that it's absurd. Beisosi says, I don't know what's going on over here. So says the Avni Miluim, maybe the bali eater and the talmidim of this of, of the gaon of Rav Yudai gaon are not toa bidvar mishnah over here. They're not making a fundamental error. Maybe based on what the gaon write that a mumar is not yorish as other dvar. Torah. The Gaonim hold that a Mumar doesn't even get a Yerusha on a Doraisa level. The, the Rush writes this way in the Tshuva, the Kal Yudzayin, in the name of Rabbeinu Meshulam and Rabbeinu Kolonim is gone. This was a popular uh, notion amongst the Gaonim that, uh, that Mida Oraisa, the Torah is Mema'it a Mumar from Yerusha, from the Pasukul Zaracha Acharecha, by Avram Avinu. So Yatsumisha in Zaram Yuchasachrav, and that excludes someone whose children are not going to be Yuchasachrav. So since he's not Yorish of Mina Torah, says the Avni Miluim, maybe that. That affects the halach of Yibum. It doesn't come from the din of Ribis, really. It comes from the din of Yerusha, that we learn the whole din of uh, Yachtav, that it's Misham Yuchav the Nachla. That's where Yibum applies. So maybe if the Mumar doesn't have any Nachla, he doesn't have, he's not Yorish Minatora, then there wouldn't be any Yibum Minatora either. Now it happens to be in Shulchan Aruch, we paskin, that, uh, that we can't be Somechanis, and we can't be Matar without Chalitza. You're going to need a Chalitza. But the Ramah says this is at least enough to rely on if she already got remarried. She thought that her husband didn't have any brothers. And she got remarried. And then we find a brother, but the brother is a mumar.
Omar, the Ramah says you can rely on that. You can rely on this sheet and Gaonim that she's mutaris without chalitza. He says, Omrim, that you should, uh, you should at least do a chalitza, uh, even at that point. But, uh, but if chalitz lo lebesof, you can rely on it. We're not going to make her get divorced from her husband, but at least you still got to do a chalitza. But still, that sheet of Gaonim does play a role in halacha. Anyway, that's one of the potential sources of how we know that Yibum is only on a, a brother from the father's side. Rabba Amar Achim min Av Yalif Achva Achva Mibne Yaakov. Now, the way we learn that a brother in terms of Yibum is, is defined by Achim min Av is from Achva Achva Mibne Yaakov. Malalan min Av, just like brothers who are the Bne Yaakov are only brothers from their father's side because there were four different mothers. Velomina Aim. Afkan min Av Velomina Aim. So, too, when it comes to Yibum, it's only Achim min Av and not, not brothers from the mother. Velelef Achva Achva Mer Rayos. Frankly, Gemara, why don't we learn that the definition of brother is uh, from, like it says in the parsha of Arayos, by Arayos it says, Ervas Eishes Achicha, that uh, you're not allowed to sleep with your brother's wife, and the Gemara is going to say later on, that applies whether it's your brother from your father's side or your brother from your mother's side. So instead of learning from Yachtav, from the Dinam of Yerusha, or instead of learning from, uh, from, from Bnei Yaakov, that a brother with regard to Yibam is only a brother from your father's side, why don't we use the definition of brother in the parsha of Arayos to determine who you do Yibam on, and teach that you do Yibam even on a brother, on the wife of a brother from your mother's side. And says the Gemara, Don in Achim me Achim, Vein Don in Achim me Achicha. That we, uh, we, 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 we're Dorish words that are exactly the same. Achim and Achim, that's the exact same word. But once the word is slightly dissimilar, it's no longer Achim, it's Achicha, so that we'd rather not make such a drasha. Frankly, Gemara, really, is that the way Gzera Shava works? We even make Gzera Shava where the words are entirely different. Veshava Kohen and Uva HaKohen. Veshava and Uva aren't the same word at all, and we're happy to make that drasha. So Achim and Achicha, you can't make the, same, the drasha? Answer the Gemara like it does all over that's when you have no better option of what to link it with. By Vishava Koin Uva Koin, there was no other option. So, yeah, Vishava and Uva are similar enough that we can link them together when there's nothing else to link them with. But over here, you have Achim and Achim to link. Why would you jump to Achicha, to a word that's, uh, that's, that's, that's slightly different, when you have two identical words that you're able to link to each other? Why don't we determine the definition of a brother from Lot? Avram and Lot are apparently considered Achim, and therefore we should learn that you should even do Yibam on an uncle's wife when an uncle passes away, because that's, that was the real relationship between Avram and Lot, and yet it's still called Achim. Now we'd rather learn from Bnei Yaakov, even though the word Achim appears exactly as that, as Achim by Lot, because by the Bnei Yaakov the word Achim is extra. The word by Lot, it's not extra. Because by, by the children of Yaakov, by the Shvatim, it should have said that the, your twelve Avadim are Bnei Avinu, are the son of our father. But Uksiv Achim. Instead, they added that extra word in the mix. They added Achim. They said, Shnei Asar Avadecha 
Achim Anachnu, B'nai Isha Echad Beretz Kanan, etc. Instead of saying B'nai Avinu, so they, they added that word Achim, Shema Minalafnu. So you see that it's an extra word, and whenever you have an extra word, that makes for a stronger Gzeir Shava. So I asked the Gemara, well, wait a second. We just quoted two sources for the idea that one only does Yibum on the wife of a brother from the father's side. Why do I need two sources for that? Why do I need two different Pesukim for that? Why isn't one source enough? Had it only said Achim, I would have said, well, you could learn it from Lot. Why would you learn from Bnei Yaakov? Learn from Lot if you're only using the word Achim. The Chitema, Lo, Mifni, and if you're going to say, no, by lo, the reason I learned from Yaakov, like we just said, and not from Lot, is because it's not open. The, the, the word Achim by Lot is, is not an extra word. By Bnei Yaakov, it is an extra word. No, it's actually an extra word by Lot also. Instead of saying that ki anashim achim anachnu, they could have said ki anashim reyim anachnu. And Avram says to Lot that we shouldn't be fighting because we are, he could have said, we're friends. We're, we get along really well. well. We should get along really well. We're family. But why does he have to say achim, that we're brothers? So it actually, so you see that it actually is an extra word over there. So since had we only had the drosh of Achim, we might have thought that Yibam applies even to an uncle and a nephew. So that's why it has to tell me Yachtav that it's only someone that's miyucha benachla that you share a nachla with directly, which is a brother. And had it only said Yachtav, I would have thought that it's someone that you're related to both on mother's side and father's side. That's why I need Achim that it says by the Bnei Yaakov to tell me that even if they only share a father and don't share a mother. So, why would I ever have had a hava amina that you only do yibam on, this, on, on, a, on the wife of a brother who you share both a mother and a father with? It relates to nachla. Yibam relates to a Yerusha. And Yerusha is totally paternal. Yerusha has nothing to do with the mother's side. And so, well, one might have thought, yeah, but you can't know what the story would be with Yibam. The whole idea of Yibam is a tremendous chiddush. We're taking someone who's an erva, who's an eshes achiv, which is an isr kares, and we're saying that it's mutter, that you're allowed to sleep with her. So I might have thought that you have to be related both on mother and father's side. That's why he needs to, needs to mention it. This way he needs to tell us that, uh, that you don't need to be uh, related on mother and father's side, only on the, on, on the father's side that you need to be related. Um, now the, the Rashba writes that Ika the Kashalite, the Rashba says that some have a Kasha. Wait a second, if it's a Chiddush, what we should have said is in the Chabo El Chidusho, and Achimina Avalomen Aim Dafka, that we're only going to allow Yibam and Achimina Avin, not Achimina Aim. But Achim uh, that are Miuchad and Ba'aba Ubi Imo, where it's two Isurim, I would have said that you shouldn't do Yibam. Meaning, what's the, that, if, if you're going to look at the whole concept of Yibam as a Chiddush, the natural uh, halacha that you should draw from that is that you can only do Yibam when you're being Matir, the Isur that you need to be Matir to do Yibam. And the issue that you need to be matir to do Yibam is the issue of your brother from your father, because that's the whole situation of Yibam. But I, I, I should have said, says the Rashba, that if it's your full brother from your father and your mother, you can't do Yibam, because you can't be matir, two separate Yisurim. 
you can't be matir, a brother from a father and brother from a mother, for the sake of, uh, of Yubam. So, uh, so the Rashba says that Yubam is Bekorva Talarachmana, that it relates to relatives. And, and anyone, therefore, the more related you are, the more of a reason it is to do Yubam. Meaning, if he's your brother only from your father's side, the whole point is that you have a responsibility for your brother, you have to watch out for your brother. It makes you more related to your brother when you're related from a mother's side and a father's side. Of Zilberstein, Chashukei Chemed, which I was just given uh, last night, uh, Chashuke, that's why I didn't quote it yet. Chashukei Chemed on uh, Yevamus, hot off the presses, the, uh, the Shulch points out that based on this, maybe we could, uh, we could understand or we can, uh, we can arrive at a halach in Yeridei and Hilchot Tzedakah. The halach in Shulchan Aruch is that a person has to give Tzedakah to Krovim before he gives it to people who aren't related. If you have relatives who need the money, you got to give to them first. So, and the halach is Karov Karov Kodim. You give to the closest relative before you give to more distant relatives. So the Shulchan Aruch says, your, your brother from your father's side comes before your brother from your mother's side because achicha is achicha me'avecha, me'achad achicha is achicha me'avecha. So we see achicha me'avicha comes before achicha me'avecha. So says Rav Zilberstein, and what if you have one brother who you share only a father with and another brother who you share a father and a mother with? Do we assume that that's the same kurva? Or do we assume that there's a greater kurva with someone that you share both a father and a mother with? I mean, should you assume that? Once you share a father with, that's the closest a brother could ever be. So he says, what you see from this Rashba is that it's a greater kurva when you share a father and a mother with the person. Because the Rashba said that, Adraba, once you share a father and a mother, you're even closer, and therefore it's a kavachomer that you're going to have to do yibum. So you see that he views that as a greater level of kurva than, uh, than just someone that you share a father with. And l'chor, that is nafkamina, l'gabe tzedaka. Amrav hunamra, shomeris yavim shemeis what if a person is waiting for uh, for yibum? A man's brother died, and the wife is waiting for yibum, and then the woman dies. So, are you allowed to marry her mother? Is it considered that you were ever married to her? So, the Allah is mutter biima. You're allowed to be with her mother. Alma kasavar ein zika. The the assumption seems to assume that the zika is not considered anything significant. It's not like an erusin, uh, which would asser her relatives. Velema Allah kedivri amar ein zika. But why don't you just say it more directly then? Just say ein zika. Had he just said, So one might have thought that that's only true, that it's not a Zika, when there are other brothers that she might have had to, in Yibam or Chalitza with, and you're not the only option. That's where Zika isn't really, uh, isn't really conclusive, that it's really like an Eresin. But if you were the only option, so then maybe the Zika is much stronger, and therefore that would be like an Eresin. Still, you could have said it better. You could have said, We paskanein Zika, even if you're the only guy. If that were the case, then one might have thought that Ein Zika is even Mechayim, that you're even allowed to marry the mother of this Shomeris uh, Yavim, even while the Shomeris Yavim is still alive, and avoid the whole Yibam situation entirely because you say, Sorry, I'm married to your mother. I can't do Yibam anymore. You're Arayus to me now. So, uh, so that's why it tells me, no, you're not allowed to do that. Because you can't be Mevatal the Mitzvah of Yibam. Here you have a situation of Yibam. How could you go ahead and be Mevatal the Mitzvah of Yibam by going and, uh, and, 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 uh, and marrying her mother? You're not allowed to do that. If a Yavama dies, you're allowed to marry your sister. That seems to imply only her sister, but not her mother. No, you're allowed to marry your mother as well. But since the Reisha says that when one's wife dies, he's allowed to marry his sister. And in that case, you're clearly not allowed to marry one's wife's mother. So when 
wants to tell me about a Yivama that dies, it also mentions the sister, but in that case, it would be about the wife as well. It's an interesting concept that the Isser of marrying the mother when she's Shomeris Yavam is that you're avoiding the mitzvah. To what extent, where in halacha do we say that you're not allowed to do something where it will put you in a situation where you won't have to, you won't be in a situation of the mitzvah in the first place? A Kohen leaving before Birchus Kohanim so that he won't have to face the situation of Birchus Kohanim. That were mat here. That, uh, but Otsim Ein of the Gemara says when a Zakin is walking by, so you close your eyes and you won't see him walk by. That we say, you have no Yerushalayim. So where exactly does this fit in? Rav Zilberstein discussed that in Cheshukah Chabad also. We don't have time for it right now. And uh, Ben Shem tomorrow. Alicia is giving the daf. I have to be at the airport tomorrow morning, but Alicia will be giving the daf.